check chat is this is this a w layout chat this is like the fifth layout change we've had this season this is like the eighth time we've just changed things like mid-season like last season we didn't even like start we just we started we started an episode eight and we were just like yeah and we didn't know each other at all that that was a secret exposing yeah no i mean new setup i mean is it you like it you like our new intro as well Will? Ah, yeah i mean i kind of i kind of like the last one it was a little jack centric i felt mm. i felt like you know you having a voice line of me having nothing was kind of you know <laughs> as we say bs um mm. i'll let y'all fill in the fill in the words um but yeah welcome welcome to the survivor stock watch well, hold on I do the introductions here. This is the Who stocks. <laughs> I'm, my name is Jack Powell. This is the stocks. With, with me, I have Will West from Saving Bruce. Will, how'd you like the episode? Welcome, everybody, to Survivor Stock Watch, the penultimate episode Woo. of season 45. I am Jack. With me, as always, is Will. Will, Jack. how'd I do? I'm doing pretty good. I made $15 today, so... <laughs> You know, All right. <laughs> living the dream, living the dream. And the holiday season's upon us. How are you feeling this holiday season? You feeling comfy and cozy? Um, no, I haven't really been home a lot. I've been, I've been, I've been a busy man. I've been working hard. You know, so it's been weird. It's been an adjustment. Like, I, it does not feel like December eighteenth. It feels like November eleventh. Fair enough. Now to get in the holiday spirit. On our final episode, which is this Friday, everybody. It's going to be this Friday. A little bit late. A little bit late. Are we going to be wearing holiday-themed clothing? You know? Santa hat here, Santa hat there. So, I I do have this hat. And it's somewhere in my house. I just... my I think my dog hit it for whatever reason. But it is a Christmas-themed Peanuts hat. And it's my favorite thing in the whole wide world. And I I have a few... I have a few Christmas clothing. I mean, I'm I'm not too crazy... Um, I do have, uh, speaking of the peanuts, I do have the Christmas tree. <laughs> so I'm just going to put it in the background for now. And so you can just look at that whenever. Um, but yeah, no, I'm, I'm feeling the holly jolly festive festiveness. Well, speaking of the holly jolly festiveness, how about these castaways? <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> what? Episode 12 has come and went on Survivor 45. It has. We are nearing the end, the conclusion to this saga of Survivor before we venture into season 46 sometime, yeah. sometime next year. I think February or March is the targeted uh, yeah. premiere date. So how was this episode for you, Will? Did you enjoy it? Did you hate it? I mean, somewhere in the middle. Uh, I do, I do think that Survivor Forty Five has peaked. I do think I still maintain that, um, and I think this episode was just kind of one I expected. I think we we talked about Drew going for a long time, hmm. and so I feel like you know his. I mean, we we talked about how he had no win equity whatsoever, and we kind of saw that today. Um. I did like the the juxtaposition between Drew being doom and gloom and Jake just being happy to play Survivor. Um, but we'll get we'll get to Jake momentarily. But I thought this episode was just pretty good. It wasn't anything crazy, you know. Did you have a favorite part of the episode? Did you think it was? Um, <laughs> did, you, did you not have a favorite part? I mean, I loved the whole helicopter ride with Katora realizing she was the third wheel. I think that was a funny. Uh, you know, a funny, funny little thing. Uh, we did have the Jake Idol find. 
right? And, you know, ever since Kelly won, I've made it clear I'm a huge Jake fan. I'm rooting for the guy, rooting for the little man. And so I hold. I thought that was pretty – I feel like t- this episode was pretty lighthearted, actually. I think that's a good way to describe that, and I think there's modern survivor. Um, I feel like a lot of the darker undertones of the season kind of went with Bruce. And I feel mm-hmm. like at this point, everyone's just happy to be here. And then Drew is so over the top with him being disgruntled that it's just funny. Um, I think that's a good way to describe the episode. What about you? Did you have a favorite part? Yeah, I, I think uh, Jake finding the idol uh, was one of my favorite parts. Um, I'd also have to say uh, probably Dee's kind of dilemma of uh, yeah. deciding whether or not to kind of break that trust with Austin by not uh, telling Austin about the Drew blind side. I think that was gripping because – you know, with how this is going, I think it's very important to see the person who is likely going to win. Yeah. Having that thought in their head of what's going to happen. Um, so I thought that was interesting uh, and pretty entertaining to watch Yeah, as well. I think, you know, when you get to this point, and let's talk about this in comparison to all the other new era seasons and when they get up to this point. Season 41, we get up to this point. Uh, towards the end of the game there's a couple people who we still think could win right erica yeah. could win now xander could win um yeah card could win as well um even deshaun had an outside chance as well really everyone but heather um <laughs> sorry heather sorry heather was one um, too it's like yeah. she had yeah i wasn't an edgic guy in season 41 so i i watched very casually and i i was i was on the xander train i like xander I still right. like Xander, you know. Season forty-two, season forty-two, kind of rolls around, uh, and the last, the penultimate episode is the episode where Marianne takes out Omer. Yeah, establishing Marianne as the number one frontrunner, and it's pretty far and away her. Yeah, you could also say Mike Turner as like the other, the, like you know, yeah, the other contender, the other forty-three. Jesse was the number one contender. Yep. And then we got Gaylord, which would be a heavy point of discussion this episode. Yeah. So, yeah, and with 43 too, it's like everyone is like Jesse. Some people thought, you know, he had too good of an edit. And, you know, they thought, you know, Cassidy could run with it or even Carla. But Carla was losing a lot of steam anyways. I do think. And then with 44 right i know you're about to get to it yeah. uh we that's when we started doing this and it was a really big question of is it going to be carolyn or is it going to be jam jam i yeah. feel like we ruled out carson and heidi and lauren at that point were just like side characters and right but the so. point i'm trying to bring up is that um 41 of 43 relatively for 41 but big time 43 we got blindsided we did we got blindsided by the winner based on traditional edgic. 42 and 44, we saw a kind of resurgence. Can we venture to say that 45 is the same as 41 and 43 and that we yeah. will be shocked at the winner on Wednesday? Yeah. Um, so you think so? <laughs> I, I think it's possible. Oh, boy. I think I think, think what I think what's happening is we're now doubting D. I, we, we can just say we all are very high on D. We've been high on D the entire season. I do think it's possible that we are getting Gabler again. We're getting. We, I think we could be getting Jake. We could be getting Katorad. But how much are we losing faith in D because of that? Where now D is also going to be surprising if she wins. You know. And I do think the uh, editors are playing off of that because, you know, if we knew who was winning the season, it loses a lot of the uh, steam for a lot of the casual fans. Right. And I do think this ed- this edit for the casuals have been very, it's been very fair and very balanced, I think, outside of like maybe Julie getting nothing. Um, where, you know, a lot of people, they're saying everyone can run away with it, which I, I love. Um but yeah, no, I think I'm personally excited for the finale more than I thought I'd be, actually. Yeah, uh, 
this is going to be a very interesting finale because it's going to be that question of are we getting Gabler or are we not getting Gabler? <laughs> it's, 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 it's as simple as that. Because yeah. to be completely honest, the number one contender for both me and Will since Kelly has gone home has been D and there's been no change, right? Like that has been yeah. our go-to. And it's really only until the past two episodes where D has kind of taken this game as her own. Whereas with like Jesse from 43, there's a couple episodes before. And so how long can you maintain that strength in your edit? And are you being coronated? I think D these past two episodes has been getting coronated. And this last episode will have the, you know, the coronation ceremony of the win. But it's a, it's, it's a tough read. You really, you really don't know. But yeah. I think and we I'll, should get, we'll get into it. D, yeah, we'll get we'll get to D where I have a few more opinions, but you know, it'll all come in time. Right. Let's start with a retrospective. But true. Hi, we Drew. always thought we he would go home. We originally thought a little bit earlier, but around this point, it makes sense. You know, pre-finale boot. Sixth place has been of filled with very, very good players over the past seasons with yeah. Danny. Omer, Cody, and Jamie. <laughs> yeah, Jamie's great. Jamie's great in her own way. Um, but overall, pretty good players. And Drew kind of falls into that category. Are you surprised we didn't get that over-the-top negative five edit that we've so been clamoring this season? I mean, it's weird. It's weird. Because I feel like I feel like Drew has this problem where he doesn't really fit into any one archetype. It's like, yeah, he's the nerd, but what kind of nerd? Is he like the evil villainous nerd, like a Cochrane? Is he going to be like the positive nerd, like Carson from last season? Like, or is he just going to be like the nerd, the neutral nerd, like Christian from David versus Goliath, where it's like, he had a lot of streaks of, you know, complaining, eating the rice, you know, not letting Jake have any from a few episodes ago. I still bring up stick bug, right? And I feel like it wasn't over the top negative, but there was a lot of negativity with Drew, especially after like episode three, <laughs> especially after episode two, you know, where he had one really, really strong premiere and then completely fell off, Um, which, you know, is how it happens, how it goes. Right. And I don't know, like it's, it, Drew was just weird this season. <laughs> Yeah, I think Drew's biggest strength as a player is his ability to dominate when in a dominant position. Yes. When when he is in an alliance um, that's dominating the game, he's in the majority, um, or he's in a position of power in terms of idols or something like that, he does very, very, very well. And he's a very, very smart player. However, I think Drew's biggest hubris this season is that when he was targeted – and when his name came up, he combusted. You know, we talk about episode, oh my God, five when Brando went home. So long ago. Um, episode five, right? When Brandon went home, uh, we talk about uh, episode, uh, what, an episode or two ago where Jake and Drew had a fight. Uh, yep. And, the, you know, these past two episodes as well where Drew's name has come up. Uh, you know, it kind of. It sucks to see that, but at the same time, that's a lot of that's a big hubris in Survivor. You know, yep. when your name is thrown out there, how do you respond? How do you respond to the pressure? And Drew cracked. Yeah. Drew's I don't blame him. Norm- yeah, Drew. Yeah, I don't blame him either. Drew's normally calm composure. Yeah. You know, was thrown out the window for panic and belittlement <laughs> at times. Um, and I think that's Drew's downfall. And I think it caught up to him. Uh, in terms of that, but as well as just kind of, you know, not yeah. seeing the light of D and Julie's relationship, um, and not Trusting. really maintaining good relationships. It wasn't that? I think it was Austin and D. I think Drew trusted Austin a little too much, and Drew Austin definitely trusted Drew. It's just Drew shouldn't have given Austin information. And I think Drew lost the game. He really lost the game when Emily went home because Emily was still high on the Drew train for a while. You know, like they were tight. Yeah. Um, 
And that led to a very big downfall. Not very big downfall. It was a very subtle and very slow downfall where over time, you know, we've seen a lot of ugly, not ugliness, because I don't want to make it bigger than what it is. We just saw Drew in a light against Jake, right? Mm. And to me, it was clear that the edit wanted Jake to be the fan favorite. Jake was the underdog. And it kind of goes to show like how much being an underdog can help. Because, you know, we go from like, oh, yeah, Drew, he's cool. But now he's like a pompous a-hole because he's in the power alliance. And then Emily is now like a fan favorite because she was down in numbers coming to merge. Right. When episode one is a completely different tune for both of them. So, you know, we can kind of see the power of the edit power of, you know, who the fan favorites are. But at the end of the day, Drew was just a little too big for his britches. He played good, though. Undeniably one of the better players of the season. Um, Basically all the read before, you can throw Emily in there as well. Um, Top player of the season, you know, very strategic, very smart. Just his downfall was coming. We knew it would be, and here it came. Now we move on to probably the least important of the final five, unfortunately. Um, In terms of this episode, it was very compelling seeing um, Austin's perspective when D just completely pulled out the rug from under him and betrayed him. And, you know, now we see him in this position where, again, he would have had his idol if he didn't give it to Julie. Um, And I want to bring something up about that, uh, actually, because, I, you know, I did a little a little digging, a little post-game digging. I know what this is about. Yeah. Um. So apparently, Austin and Drew basically immediately knew that Julie was not going to be on their side anymore once Julie had the idol. Because, you know, when Drew and Julie were having a conversation uh, and the idol was brought up that Julie had, Julie, instead of saying, oh, Austin's idol, said, no, it's my idol. No, it's my idol. And... That tells you right there all you need to know that Julie is not giving that idol back. And so Austin and Drew kind of realized Julie's got to go. And yep. while I don't think that is the downfall, I truly think the downfall of his game, uh, you know, is a little bit of not uh, trusting D too much, but it's just, it's not having the backbone. We talked about this so many, so many, so many times on this podcast, but again, Austin lacks a backbone, and he, he does. treated this episode as, hey, this is going to be an easy vote. We're good. We're good, right? I think we're good, and didn't act. He didn't play the idol for Drew, and he lost. He got completely blindsided, uh, not was at home, obviously, but to the point where, in my opinion, he's on the bottom. He is, and I think he lost. I mean, he lost the game a while ago. Yeah. Uh, again, you, the edit set this up, right? Again, we constantly go back to the Caleb vote where Jake and, you know, we didn't know at the time, but Jake correctly assessed that Austin would not have, wouldn't have a backbone. And I feel like Austin's problem is he's not able to detach the game enough where he was so worried about his personal relationships where if he was worried, he should have put more effort and, forming them and then being able to rebuild them because if you're good enough friends with someone on a personal level you'll be friends outside of survivor d will be there outside of survivor you know voting her out isn't going to ruin anything especially with the mindset a lot of the players have nowadays where you know you get blindsided and never you're laughing and everything's all good and fancy you know it's not season one anymore you know and so i feel like that was a big thing on austin's game and at this point the edit again it's setting up to show us that austin is not in power not in control and he's kind of a goon you know he is a goon it's unfortunate but at the same time if you see our trend lines this season yeah we i think we got it pretty good (laughs) he he was always going to go here you know this is it he was he was maybe gonna make the finale, final six, final seven, whatever. Um here it is. This is it. This Austin will go in the finale. I don't think we'll make the final three. I think it will be uh fifth most likely, maybe fourth, but we'll see. I don't even see fourth. I think fifth or third. 
You think Honestly, fifth or third? You fifth, think third, really? You think uh, number one losing finals? Yeah, I think I think I can still see Jake getting some votes. I think D is the obvious front runner. I think speaking Julie. Of. Speaking of, hi D. I and I also think Julie's not making like I do not see her at all at final travel council. So right. hi D. And now we get to D, who again just had a pretty 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 great episode, <laughs> winning immunity. Uh, betraying Austin, new poverty question mark. Yeah, I mean, it, yeah, I, I kind yeah. of for formulaically, formulaically betraying, but betraying a man who was interested in you, uh, and usurping power. That's yeah, that's I mean, poverty. yeah, <laughs> at the same time, we, we call everyone poverty. I think at one point we called Troyzan poverty 2.0 in, in game. Well, theory. to be fair, I think this is the most apt. I think this is the most apt. <laughs> I still think Troy's and a game changers, but okay. you know we can, <laughs> we can keep that going. Yeah, but yeah, I mean, I mean, D has been number one at least for me. Um, for what count them? Seven episodes. Uh, yeah. Will for five, which is reasonable. Um, Kelly, she was number two, so it's like you yeah, know. it's D's game to lose right now, right? D is the number one. Uh, the only question is, we live in a post Gabler world. <laughs> this is the most important thing you will see on Stockwatches. I think going forward, with with yeah. kind of situations like this, where you have such a clear front runner number one, and you have a couple of people that could win but also couldn't. Whereas D is the most likely. Are we getting Gabler? Like that is paramount to figuring out the winner because now it's a guessing game yeah. you know before you know take it back to season um take it back to season 33 let's say if david didn't have the edit that he had and to a lesser extent jay didn't have the edit didn't have the edit he had adam would be locked in as the number one contender or yeah. Rather that, copy-paste this season into the 30s to the 20s, and you have D as the frontrunner, and D will win. There is no doubt. Now there is, because <laughs> of Kaepler. <laughs> what do you think about this, Will? Yeah, so there's, there's a few. The problem is, D's edit is not perfect. There are a lot of faults and flaws with your gameplay, how much of this is just to hide and mask D because she was in a steamrolling alliance and pretty much just won her way to the end and steamrolls? How much of it is because she doesn't win despite being in control? Like, honestly, I think there's a lot of things, not a lot, but there's enough things to give credence to D losing, right? One, you know, Austin could be very bitter. And, you know, realize, like, hey, D is playing to win. The jury could be very bitter. You know, Drew, I think most of all, is one of the most bitter jurors we've had in a long time. And I'm saying that in a very good way. I love bitter jurors. Yeah. They've led to some of my favorite winners. Uh, Kelly could still be mad. And I could see Jake kind of being the champion for a lot of the Bellow members, right? And I feel like... D is more strategic. Well, I feel like Jake, who is my number two, is more personal. And it's which one matters more in such a game like this. Right. It's weird. I don't know. I can go either way. Do you have any other opinions, Andy? Like, what, what have you thought? Like, okay. give us a quick quick hit highlights. What are your, some of the, the pros to D winning? And what are some of the cons? Because we have to, you know, if we're talking personal yeah. versus strategic, there's no denying that D's had some personal content as well. She it's has. just where that content was. Because if you can recall, she had a great personal episode, I think four or five of this season. She didn't get a letter confessional really at all. Yeah. So, I mean, the thing is, I think a lot of her, again, I think her edit, if she does win, is getting subdued. Just because you have to, you can't just say like, hey, I'm the winner. Or if you're going to do like a Richard Hatch, you have to, you know, still leave some doubt. And mm -hmm. D is getting that strong of an edit where if she does come out and say like, oh yeah, if she has like a crystal clear edit, we'd be concerned. Really, I think a lot of her highlights are just being a part of the Power Alliance. We're always seeing D's thought process. We're, 
we're getting the jam jam effect where it's like you suggest my name you get voted out right we saw that with kendra uh we kind of saw you know between last episode and this episode you know like do i trust you know my personal connections and do i not right like d blindside or austin when austin was too afraid to blindside d and i think that is that gives credence to a d win uh d just being labeled not even being labeled but she was never really labeled a threat like mama j julie has always been labeled a threat you know if she makes it to the end then she loses and that's not good well with d we don't really see that a lot you know and her threat management has been really good it's just again i feel like and she has been getting personal content. I'm not saying, you know, D's a robot. But, like, the focus of D isn't, like, who D is as a person. It's D the player. And that's fine. And that leads to a really good winner. It's just there's still some doubt, personally. If it doesn't, let's say this. If D doesn't win, A... What kind of level is that on in terms? I mean, obviously, besides Gaylord, um, what kind of level of runner up should have won the game is that, or does it set a new precedent? And two, what does it mean going forward? Because that would mean effectively two Gablers, Gablers, Gablerd, Gablers, Gablers in two in three seasons. So go ahead. I mean, the first question, I mean, really the first question, it's like, what, how, how deserving, like, are we trying to compare it to like previous seasons of like where we're at with a decoy yeah, winner? Put it in every uh, single season, compare it. So, I mean, I, I would, I would kind of compare it to, I mean, 40, I mean, we can compare it to 41, right? Where D was kind of like Shan, where Shan still had a lot of, you know, negativity with her edit. She wasn't, let me, let me rephrase. Put it against a scenario where it's a winner and a runner-up, where more people felt like the runner-up um, was way more deserving than the winner. And there's certain levels to that. You know, yeah. Sabrina versus Kim, there's an argument for Sabrina, but Kim was so strong. Versus yeah. Russell Hans versus Natalie, where everybody believed Russell Hans had the game completely won. Now, I can, I can, this might be a little spicy, uh, but there is a final tribal council that you did not talk about that is still very spicy and people still argue about, and that is uh season 32, Go Wrong, right? Oh, yeah. Aubrey versus Michelle fiasco, and I feel like it's kind of like it's comparable to that, right? Where Michelle won based off her social connections, her personal connections, right? And kind of had a bitter jury where the jury just did not like Aubrey. And you know, Ty, he was just there. Despite the fact that Aubrey strategically controlled, yeah, a great deal of the game, and that is that is similar to D. I feel like I feel like if D loses Final Tribal Council to Jake, right? I don't see a lot of other combinations except for maybe Katora. If we're really pushing hard, I feel like you know we're getting another Korong, right, or another forty three. Um, and what does that do for the rest of the, for the rest of the season, for the future of Survivor? I think, you know, people, I think, I think we're out of the game bot era. I feel like the thirties, yeah. it was a lot of game bots and I, they're my least favorite archetype type Which of player. Which is good. I, admittedly, I think that is good. Yes. That we're out of that. And I think, especially with 90 minute episodes, it's more about the people. And I think that's a lot of you know survivor right now it's like we get a lot of intro packages everyone has the sob story and as much as we dunk on that you know i feel like we're going to get not more of it but it's going to be more focused right i think it's going to be more about the connections people have made and you know and i think people would try to win like that right where they don't need to control every single vote um and i already think the meta right now meta of survivor is you make an alliance of like four right early on you have a tribe of six and then you pump one person one or two people up as like the big the big shields right you know you have your kelly you have your emily you have the big guns your jesse's your whoever's and you know you snipe them at the very end i think what's going to happen 
is we're going to try we're going to get a uh what is it the regulators from bb13 how they tried copying the brigade and failed miserably oh okay. i think we're going to get something like that where people will try to game the system to a point where they can't do it and they don't have the finesse and they lose and it's going to cause other people to go like wait that doesn't work like that what can we do right what do you think it's going to be interesting. I mean, if D does lose, I mean, obviously we, we both think that D is going to make the final tribal council. I don't see a way that she loses that fifth or fourth. Um, yeah. I do think she makes, I think beyond that, a uh, fire making loser, but I do think she makes the final tribal council. If she does lose, I think you're right. I think it is on the level of uh, Michelle and Aubrey in terms of uh, yeah. deservedness. Because there's two kind of tiers to that, uh, or there's two um, separate, similar-ish levels to that. There's the, clearly the runner-up deserved to win, says the fans, yeah. uh, but the winner won. Amber and Rob, uh, Natalie and Russell, uh, you can argue Sophie and Coach, but that's, you know. You can also lost. argue uh, Gavin and Chris Underwood. I'd say. Sure, absolutely. Um, and then there's the other one, which really's only happened with Michelle and Aubrey, I'm pretty sure, where it's just been so it really can go either way. Michelle and Aubrey both played winning games in yeah. the rock. They both deserved to win that season. Michelle did. And so it kind of raises that question of could this get to that level? And I can know. I just can I say something real quick too to <laughs> the survivor world? If you win a season of Survivor, right, you deserve to win. Because the only blueprint of winning Survivor is you make it to the very end and you get the jury votes. All yep. you need. And we've seen people get voted out and come back in and win. We've seen people get voted out, come back in and lose a lot of times. We've seen, you know, your Fabios and Bob Crowley's and Gablers. And then you've also seen Kim Spradlin. You know, anyone, you can, there's a lot of ways to skin this cat. And so I better not see if Jake wins or if Katora wins or if Austin wins, I better not see, you know, D should have won. I hate Survivor. If D wins, she deserves it. Anyone else? If wins, D wins, if D wins, she does deserve it. But Hi, Jake. you also have to consider you also have to consider uh exhibit two here. Uh a lot I mean he's obviously clearly like fan favorite of this season. Uh yeah. Er. Not the main character. And I wouldn't, you know, there's arguments for fan favorite. You know, Caleb's there, Emily's there. Uh, but surely one of the main and surely one of the fan favorites of the yeah. season. But now everyone's like, is he going to win because of that? <laughs> it's, I think, I think it's, obviously D is the best chance. Put it like this. Put it like a, for me, put it like a 95 to Two and a half to two and a half in terms of 95 D, 2.5 Jake, and 2.5 someone else will get to. Um, I'll do 95, four, and one with Jake. I, 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 I could I see that. Um, yeah, I mean, Jake found the night of this episode. Uh, he made a move, uh, and, you know, it was a correct move, and he got it done. The point I want to argue, two points actually. Number one is that, you know, Jake wants to make this move and wants it to be secret. The next shot he gets shown it, um, getting dunked on by Katura and D going one, two, three, Drew. <laughs> you know? Yeah. That's number one. And I think it's the biggest damning reason is that Jake honestly wants to do something right and something good in the game. But – that's what other people want to do at the same time as well. And they've already played stronger games. Yeah. I will say the finale still has to happen. It does. And what I could see is a triumph story, right? Where Jake, you know, he starts out completely, you know, he's on the outs. He's getting laughed at for being a lawyer. But beyond that, he was always a very genuine guy and built relationships. Right. And, you know, he struggled the entire season, but now when push came to shove, 
he found an idol and he's going into the finale with an idol hmm. which right. you know he he could he could idol out d no jesus all right hold on <laughs> this is getting crackpot but like he has like he's he hasn't been out of the flow of information since like the kelly vote like he's known where the chips are falling outside of emily i forgot about emily but you know who cares idols whatever like he knew about kendra he knew about bruce he knew about you know everything and so he could dogpile on someone or even himself which i doubt because at this point everyone wants to take jake to the end um and i don't know i could see him being ballsy and that could be the triumph right <laughs> where like final five he idles out d or julie or one of the big threats and has that and he could say like look i tried making moves the entire game no one listened to me no one had my back i had to make action i had to do it i only had myself vote for me to win that'd be compelling i'm just the saying. second the second point i want to bring up is something i bring talked up. about the previous episode of stockwatch i it was a decent episode from Jake, but I wanted to see an episode where he recognized that he needed to sure. have more personal story. Uh, he needed to really turn this into uh, a triumph personally, and he needed to own his game. He's doing that a little bit, but he's not focusing on the journey aspect of it. He's focusing on, I got to make a move. And I that think... Is- that's a big problem for Jake, right? Like, I think it's a big problem. You know, you're going up in the end. You're not going to out strategic D, the one who ran the re before to the end of the game and then won. You're really not going to out strategic that. And so what do you do? And so I don't think Jake had that necessary element to this episode, which makes me – very lenient or very wary on it yeah but at the same time too it'd be boring if we just said yeah d's winning so and i think i think no matter what too there's also faults with these edit there's faults with jake's edit and the fact that we're living in a post gabler world oh is, <laughs> like like post gabler post gabler good lord we, we do our best here. We do. And everyone else, like, I, I don't know. And plus, I'm also just rooting for Jake. I think it's the same thing with Kelly where I had her at number one, despite there being problems, because I was rooting for her. So it is very possible that Jake makes it to final Temple council and just gets completely dunked on. And instead of this triumph edit, he's just getting Jamie'd. Because we're also living in a post-Jamie world where he just gets dunked on for no reason. But yeah. You know, two more points I want to bring up with Jake before we bring it up. Uh, mosey on way, mosey on our way. Uh, number one, let's put it into perspective for Jake. We put it into perspective for D if she lost, put it into perspective if Jake wins. What does it mean okay. moving forward for uh, future players? Uh, kind of the edit and our understanding of it as it evolves in this new era. Uh, what does it mean? Um, it means, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It means we're going to get a lot worse contestants. I think, I think what's going to happen is this isn't Gabon enough. This is still a little bit of Kageon. I think 46, we're just going to get full on Gabon, right? Like 43, where every, not even 43, like a season where everyone sucks in Survivor, but they want the narrative. And then Survivor is going to be like, all right, we need, we need actual players again. And then 46. 47 will be like Tokachins to Gabon, you know. Mm. I think that's what's gonna happen. I think that I think that I think a Jake win, honestly, though, bodes very well for the future of Survivor. It'll be interesting. Uh what was I gonna say for my You're gonna say that Jake is definitely winning. No, uh I was not gonna say that. <laughs> uh I forget, but you know, Jake has been regardless a delight this season. Um yep. You know, hopefully he does come back at some point, um, regardless if he wins or not. But we'll see. We move on to our final two. Uh, 
con uh, contenders, contestants, whatever. Uh, Julie, we've kind of ruled her out a while ago, but what do you think? Because I don't think she makes the final tribal council, I'm going to be honest. I personally think the final tribal council is Dee, Katara, and Jake. My yeah. question is, is Julie losing fire making or is Julie going at fifth? I personally thought D and Jake were going to be going to fire making. And <laughs> you know, I'm just saying, if Jake does idle out D at five and then beats Julie at four, a final tribal council of Austin, Jake, and Katora, pretty good. But I think Julie, I think she's just like the Lindsay of this season. Just the well-rounded, all-around player. Not too hot, not too cold. Easy, easy Steven. You know, I feel like I, I ruled her out, but at the same time, it's just, it's kind of like how we viewed Austin very early on of just good player out at five. I think is Julie's thing, but just out at four. I don't know why I have her position number three. I think I meant to put her at number four <laughs> and this next person at three. But, you know, yeah. I, I just don't have a lot of opinions about Julie. I think the one most damning piece of evidence when, when it comes to Julie is her personal content was locked behind a secret scene, mm. which... That's the most damning thing for an edit. Yeah. To I think me, hands down. I think the fact that that means that Julie as a person is not compelling for the season. Or not important for us to not see. Not important for us to see. Important enough to like share because you know everyone matters as people. Even Hannah Rose and Sean Edwards will throw y'all in there. But <laughs> but yeah, no, I and I, I hate to say it, but yeah, I kind of ruled out Julie a bit ago. And again, the fact that everyone's calling her a threat means she's not making final travel council because who wants to take mama J to final travel council you know? right I, I think it's a matter of two things i think you're right with the first thing uh in terms of her that secret scene being cut i mean straight up i mean a lack of personal content overall in the game but a secret scene of really impactful personal content being cut spells loser <laughs> yep it's unfortunate because it's really important to the person, but when you don't have that and when the people don't see that, it's not important to the show. It's not important to the 90 minutes we get. And number two, I think that her whole mama um, attribution has caught up to her. I mean, it's made her a threat the past couple episodes, and I think it will be enough for people to get rid of her. That being said, her edit has not been the strongest. I mean, I'm no. not going to lie. She's in the middle of the road overall for me, y'all. Like, she had the last two episodes be complex, uh, this one and the previous one, and her second one. The rest were middle of the road or under the radar. And, you know, we talk about this and about maybe Final Four Fire making threat, but to me, this, this reads more like a Lindsay kind of elimination. Yeah, I I I can see that. Um, this is going to be an oddball pick, but do you know what Julie's edit kind of reminds me of? This is this is a little crackpot, maybe too crackpot. Remember Rick from South Pacific? Yes, Rick. <laughs> Rick had like no edit, <laughs> but no edit. But I feel like Julie had a better Rick in terms of narrative and just okay. like Lindsay, where it's like. She was always in the power structure. She was playing a pretty good game. But, like, that and then her always being tethered to D, I think, is is even more damning. I feel like G Julie is D's shield, and that is the biggest plus to D's game. And I feel like I see Julie. I, think, I, I just think Rick. <laughs> I... I... I don't blame you. I think Rick but on a paper... More Rick. Yeah, I, I think a more visible Rick would be equated to Julie. I still think Lindsay, a little Lindsay, bit less so, um, for 42. But yeah, I mean, Julie is heading towards likely elimination uh, yeah. in the finale. We'll see where it lands. And now we move on to the final one, Katura, who you have at four. I'm not sure if you want to hot fix that. Yeah, or not. Uh, three. Okay. Three, three, and then Julie at four. I don't know why right. I did that, but... 
Now, if Katura does make the end of the game, right? It's D, Katura, and Jake. Those votes, those bitter votes against D, that could turn um, to Jake, could they actually go to Katura instead, based on her fact of having a strong social game and also not receiving a single vote so far this season? Well, let's say... Let's say she gets Kelly and Kendra. She's not getting Bruce at all. Let's let's just throw Bruce away, right? Like, I could she get Drew? Maybe because if Maybe. Drew's bitter towards Jake and and Julie, or not Julie, Jake and D, then Drew, right? Assuming that is the final, you know, final whatever. Assuming Julie goes and is fine with D and you know Austin, whatever, right? Like, I don't know because how many how many votes are there? Right, there's going to be there's eight votes. Eight votes. I can see her getting three. It's just the other two. It's like does she get Caleb and Emily? Maybe, but like again, like do we think of Katora and Emily at all, or like Caleb and Katora? I don't. I don't know. And that's the thing. It's like at least Katora's problem. She, I think she had one of the worst edits this season, straight up. Oh, one hundred percent. I mean, I think there's no denying that Katora just got absolutely shafted and basically had a great premiere uh, and a great past three episodes. Or yeah. this episode is a little bit more. I wish we had a bigger episode for Katora to really make it more interesting. But Katora really didn't have much this episode at all. Um, but the previous two episodes, and then the rest was Bruce. Yeah. Like that, you know, that's it's unfortunate. It's really, really unfortunate. You it know, is. we talk about kind of lunacy in the edit being made to look like a fool, take Jamie from last season. Um, but we, you know, maybe we're meant to see her as a fool this season. She's not. <laughs> she got yeah. her way. When Bruce went home, like to me, Katura has been the most unjustifiable edit from the editors this season. Yeah, just in terms of how they've left it, like the fact that it goes from "I hate Bruce, I hate Bruce, I hate Bruce" to "I was in a religious cult and finally integrated with society when I was fourteen, like it is such a curveball. And it's like, I think of, I think even like the weird BS winners, right? I think of, like, the Fabio, the Bobs, the Gablers. But it's like, Katora isn't wacky enough to be in that category. Jake is, in my opinion. I think Jake is wacky enough and bad at Survivor enough. But it's like, Katora is only about Bruce, but it's not even, like, insane enough. And that's, it's like, I I do think Katora is third place, Right. Either that or even Austin. I, but, like, I don't know where Katora fits in this puzzle. That is the biggest thing. She's just the biggest question mark and has been since, like, episode four. Right. Yeah. I, th- again, Katora's been the biggest question mark in terms of her edit and also the biggest disappointment in terms of her edit. Yeah. If she wins, uh, let's, let's throw this uh, handy-dandy scenario out there. If she wins instead of D, instead of Jake, what does it mean? Because this is different from Jake winning. If Jake wins, it's, you know, personal stories matter more. Triumphing over uh, tough times matters more. If Katura wins, what what is the story? What is I, the thought process moving forward? I think I – think- what that means is that we're going to have players who are willingly putting themselves in perilous positions by being against, you know, an alliance and biding their time and waiting for the alliance to implode. I think if Katora wins, what needs to happen is the strongest finale this side of San Juan, Del- San Juan Del Sur, right? I feel like we think of strong finales. You know, please close your mouth. That's really bothering me. Don't have your jaw hanging open. <laughs> God, I'm speaking here. I yeah, think we think of strong finales. We think of, you know, Natalie Anderson, yep. you know, Chris Underwood, yep. you know, definitely. 
And, you know, I feel like maybe Marianne, I don't think Marianne had a strong finale, just a strong stretch, you know. Okay, yeah, but like out of nowhere, right? Like I think Chris is the most apt out of nowhere because he literally came back in the game in the finale. (laughs) Um, Yeah, no, it's weird. It is weird. And I think it's, I think honestly, Katora winning is means the worst for the future because I think it's going to allow steamrolls to happen, assuming that you can break up right. the alliance. And you can, you can just ride, right? As you long as you're ride. socially like in the groove with Because at least if D wins, then it's going to kind of have the Black Widow Brigade effect where people are so scared of another Reba 4, of another D, that they'll be proactive. Especially after the Tika 3 and Reba 4, I think people right. are going to be more you know, trying to break up that mold. Yeah. If Katora wins, that means that behavior is getting rewarded. And as much as I like Katora, I just don't want that to be the story. And that is the story being told right now. Right. And if Jake wins, then Survivor's getting canceled. <laughs> yes. Okay. Quite, quite literally. So, um, the last thing I want to point out with Katora is that does her edgic strip, which we'll get to, uh, in two slides. On the top of your head, if you can recall Katara's Edge of Trip. I'm looking does at it. Does it remind you of Gabler's? Are you reading it right now? I am. Okay. Listen to this. Uh, this is from a, a fan edgic that I looked up. Just a random one, right? Yeah. Uh, CP medium 5, over the top medium 3, CP medium 3, over the top negative 3, under the radar negative 2, over the top negative 4, over the top medium 4, Middle row three, middle row two, CP four, middle row three, middle row two, middle row positive three. Those last three episodes for Gabler weren't even like the coronation episodes, right? In fact, they were more Jesse's coronation episodes. Yeah. Um, but it didn't matter because he won. <laughs> and so looking at Katura's strip, which you know, you know, we'll just jump ahead right now. Um Looking at that strip, like squinting at it. I'm sorry for the size. It's all good. Is it similar? The problem is, I don't think it's negative enough. I think with Gabler, there was still the over-the-top negative. Like, Gabler was put in bad positions, yeah. right? Like, Gable, like episode one Gabler, terrible at Survivor. One of the worst players, you know, ever. One of the worst premieres for a winner outside of like, you know, Nick and DVG. Yeah. And I feel like Tor is missing. Like, again, it's not enough. Like, it's bad. It's negative, but it's not negative enough. It's not cartoonishly negative. Like with Gabler, because Gabler, it was so out of left field where that was like the running joke with my family, where it's like my dad would come in. He's like, yeah, that old man's winning. And I'm like, ha, get real. You know, we all know it's Kathy. <laughs> And then, you know, Gabler wins. That's like, what? But it's not, like, cartoonishly. And I think that's that's the only reason why I'm not giving Katora enough credence. And that's that's why she's below Jake. Because at least with Jake, it's cartoonishly, like, what the heck? Mm-hmm. You know, think back to Fabio. Think back to Bob Crowley. Think back to Chris Underwood. And that is, I think that is also important to keep in mind. Right. So the main question left with Gatura at this point, are we getting Gablered or are, why are you staring like that? (laughs) Stop it. Are we getting Gablered or are we getting deemed from season 39? Because, you know, (laughs) Dean built himself up towards the end and then just, you know, didn't win. Are we getting deemed or are we getting Gablered? And that's the question I want to leave y'all with. Yeah, yeah, so I don't think Katora's pumping herself up like D. I like Dean. I think if there is a Dean, it's going to be Jake. Where Jake, like, <laughs> this is how you play. I'm a good swimmer. Is how you play survival. I'm, 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 I'm a good swimmer. I find an idol. Here's how I'm gonna play survival. <laughs> and I love, uh, by the way, I love Dean. He's one of my favorite losing finalists. I He's wish, kind of wish he won. God, that Dean and Nora. Losing finalist room is so good. I the worst season ever. Great final. Three. Worst season ever. Great losing finalist. <laughs> but I yeah, I don't know. I 
it's it's again i think katora's had the worst edit probably like since heather legit where it's just i don't know where to place her in this story and that's something she could have i think it's going to be one of those things where it's going to be come from behind or what could also happen is katora has you know a lot of momentum going into the finale and she builds herself up and then you know train crash right at the very end uh crackpot theory but you know i was reading online where you know in the first challenge opening challenge you know probes was calling the bellows having a comeback jake's like don't call it a comeback jeff and then the bellows lose and i think that's also a very apt um narrative for the bellows of like them finally gaining momentum and then ruining it at, you know the 11th hour i think that could also happen with katora it's just hard to tell it is we'll see we will look at our meme funny little meme this episode third, our, real our third place foreshadowing maybe probably uh d with a bye 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 um i mean i think you know D's, you know, you can't really sell the winner, quote unquote. You can't really sell the winner. You need to have as much stock of that as you can because it will be worth gajillions. You yeah. sell it at the beginning of next season. That's what you do. Um, yeah. But yeah, again, yeah. We know stocks. Yeah. D just had the best episode. Um, it, it, we could get Gablerd with Jake or Gatura, but D had the best episode. Jake. Yeah. Jake and Julie with a sell. Uh, I put Jake as a sell because his episode needed more from me. You know, yeah. like he needed a little bit more of that personal content. Um, but also, we kind of figured that he was going to go at this place. What? Like, let's dive on back to him. Yeah, that's D. Um, you know, we kind of figured he was going to go like second or third. We're at episode eight, right? You can yeah. argue seven, but episode eight. And so we've known this for a while. And so that's also not the wrong slide. Um, we've known this for a while. And we know that Jake is nearing this point where, all right, now it's time to sell. And I think Jake, yeah, it's a Gabler scenario if he does what. Yeah. <laughs> Julie is a sell as well. Uh, Julie was also likely going to make this point uh, very early on. We kind of called it. She was going to make the finale. Um, and now it's time to sell that stock as well. Simple as yep. that. Katura at a double sell really needed a big episode from her, in my opinion, to keep her in as much contention. Because yep. I agree with you, Will. I think this isn't a... I don't think this is a more of a Gabler kind of edit for her. I think it's more of a Heather kind of edit. Where she doesn't lose at fire, she just loses at the end. Mm-hmm. And then Austin, at a why do you have this? You sold them all like yeah. two episodes ago, an episode ago. Why do you have the stock anymore? Sell it if you have any, I guess. Uh, and then we'll go to the Edgic. Uh, do you have any thoughts? Uh, no, I mean, I was the person who put Austin at the why do you have this? That was my first time having a contribution on the stocks. That was that was his contribution. Well done. I also wanted to put Jake at a stay, but, you know, Jack wasn't feeling it, which I get. Um, but, yeah, no, that is the edgic. I mean, D is far the way the the front runner. It's just the fact that she's been the front runner since episode two, outside of four and five. Even then, she was still high on the contenders. Is a little it's, scary. It's she's, she's been a contender the entire season. And if we are getting gambler, then we got to look at you know, who wasn't on the contender sheet until episode eight, which is my boy, Jake. So you never know. Uh, which is, you know, hey, you know, we could be getting um, extra Gabler with Katara because, you know, she was the top contender first three episodes. Uh, and then, episode, you know, come back. True. Or Austin wins the game. No. <laughs> <laughs> All right. That is going to. Oh, wait. No, hold on. That's the incorrect conclusion. Will. Hi. This has been the stocks. All right, calm down. You're scaring me. Do you have me. anything else to say? Uh, make sure you tune in 10 p.m. Eastern Standard Time uh, right. for the finale, where we – it's going to be a long episode. It's going to be a long longer. episode. It's we're more of a nice. right? 
Yeah, we're going to do a nice little uh, rites of passage for everybody, a little retrospect to kind of explain how they mattered to the season, what was their role in the winner, uh, winner story, and things like that. But yeah, I will say been... I deleted my rankings for every player that's been voted out. Yep, so we got to make them all again. <laughs> yep, I got I to gotta comb through every single podcast. So, wish Woo! me luck. Woo-hoo! All right, well. One more episode. One more. Wednesday at 8. Going to be a banger. We'll see you on Friday at 10 o'clock for the last episode of Season 45.